Thank you so much for joining us on another edition of Tifosi Football Radio. My name is Christian Baldanza Di Tacchio. And this is Giuliano Caleri. And it is Monday, September the 13th. Once again, thanks so much for joining us today. So let's recap match day, th- match day three in the city out for you. Some big, big decisions, some big results here. A uh, lot of implications here. Uh, we also got Champions League football starting up this week, Europa Conference League, and Europa League. It's it's going to be a busy, busy week of football. So buckle up, get ready to enjoy. We're coming at you now. So let's start right now. Recap match day three. Let's start. Venezia surprising Empoli with a 2-1 victory. Yes, against the grain. Venezia pulling up with three points. Maybe Lucky. Didn't des- yeah, Lucky didn't, for didn't sure. deserve it 100%. But Empoli just are lacking that goal score. Cutrone, again, back in Serie A, showing maybe he's not up to the, Wasteful. the level Wasteful. As, a, as a strike, along with Leonardo Mancuso. Just can't get the job done up top. Uh, but credit to Venezia. Dennis uh, John, Johansson, or Johnson, Norwegian uh, left winger, making a nuisance of uh, himself on the left side there. Running rampant, using his speed. Could have done better with his end product. Missed a couple of chances. But ultimately, he was uh, he was fantastic, as well as the the striker from France, Thomas Henry. Nice goal, fantastic performance, <clears throat> solid game from him. Uh, but what the, about that goal from Okereke? Yeah, Okereke, he came on, and that that's for me what killed the game. Came on to that solo run almost from his own end, I believe. Yeah, went through three or four right guys. Three came on too. Yeah, top of the eighteen cuts cuts to his left, and then back to his, and then shoots it across the grain back to the right bottom corner. Beautiful goal. Uh, yeah, Empoli lacking that goal score, and Venezia due to that get that smash and grab grab win. Yeah, I, yeah, that, that's basically what it is in a, in a nutshell. I think with Venezia, Venezia needs to be a little more cautious around the uh, eighteen yard box. They gave away way too many free kicks around their area, um, but at the same time, they they created a high number of chances compared to what they had with mm-hmm. the ball. So they made the most of their opportunities, and it paid off. It paid off with a 2-1 victory. Those are a crucial three points for Venezia. I mean, this is a team that looks like they're going to be struggling. It's going to be a long grind for them. And to get three points this early in the season for them is huge. I don't think Empley's going to worry too much about this loss. They're going to, they've accumulated what they've had to so far I mean, with that big upset on Juventus. Um, they'll see this as a missed opportunity, but they'll know that uh, you know down the road it's gonna they're gonna get their opportunities again, and they're not gonna they're gonna make sure it doesn't happen again. Yeah, they got to figure out something with that creative aspect and finishing off those chances big time. But Ami, I thought he was fantastic. That was the only goal for uh, Empoli off the off the penalty. But uh, yeah, I think that pretty much sums up how this game yeah. how this game went. Now let's move on to one of the big games: Napoli two to one victors over Juve. Juve. Winless in three games. In three games. One point in the three, sitting currently uh, 16th in the table. Yeah. Juventus and Verona still to play as well as, as we speak. Uh, what to say? Juve, Allegri deciding to keep the South American uh, contingent of his team away yep. uh, due to travel time and, and COVID restrictions and all this stuff. Uh, Chiesa, too, getting the bench. Not even on the bench. So he he got uh, he was taken out of the game due to injury, unavailable. So going with a lot of new names in the starting lineup: Matteo De Ciglio starting, Luca Pellegrini starting. You had for, uh, Federico Bernardeschi starting on the right. It was just a totally different Juve. Yeah, and they didn't look good. They, they did didn't look, look good, good, but they went up against a Napoli team at the same time that 
didn't blow anybody out of the water here. They didn't impress really. Uh, they didn't look good at all. I mean, Costa Manola's giving up that goal. They, yeah. I think at the end of the day, Napoli were lucky to come out with three points in this game. Yeah, yeah. I well, for me, I think Napoli they played decent. They did a lot of quick passing in front of the box, stuff like that on top of the box. Juve gave way too much space up there for one. Yeah. Juve sat right back into the 18, which was very uncharacteristic of them. Uh, and that's what we're worried about with Allegri. Is he going to bring this old style? That's that's what he's always been doing, Allegri. Sit the yeah. team back and rely on the superstars to just create something out of nothing. Juve has to find an identity quick because it's obviously lacking. Um, they struggled. Napoli, like I said, they weren't a complete threat. They The build-up play was very nice. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, very, uh, not impressed 100% with Napoli still, no. but they still got the job done under Luciano Spalletti. That's what this man does. He gets yeah. the job done. Uh, anything else you noticed besides all the individual errors like Chesney and that again? He yeah, does another mistake. More mistakes from Wojciech Chesney. I, I don't know what more this guy has to do to show Allegri that this guy is not, shouldn't be the bona fide number one for Juventus. I mean, very, very silly giveaways. Uh, at, partially at fault for both goals here. Uh, just he doesn't really, it doesn't impress me at all. I think Mattia Perin needs to get in here. I mean, I don't know what more Mattia Perin's got to do to get a start. But for me, I think you have to start looking at that. And I think Chesney's days as the number one at Juve are very are numbered if he keeps up with these performances. Because for me, this is three games in a row where he's been at, at fault or partially at fault for the goals being conceded. So he's got to smarten up there. The one thing I do want to say, Politano on Napoli, for me, was outstanding. Man of the match by far. Uh, he was miles ahead of everybody. But other than that, there was nothing really that really impressed me about this game. I mean, Costa Manolas, just geez. Yeah, like, Juve even taken the lead. In disaster. This game. And... Yeah, it, w it was a disaster giveaway. Giovanni Di Lorenzo, too. Yeah, That's what I was surprised about the most with these two top quality teams, the amount of individual mistakes. Yeah. And, and it goes to show the players are not focused. They're second-guessing yeah. themselves. There's doubt in their performances. That's what I'm seeing yeah. uh, from... And the other thing, too, the, 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 the two starters, Chiellini and Bonucci, mediocre at best yeah in this game mind you they're missing a lot of key players but that has been the heart of Juve yeah for a long for a long time and like I said the midfield didn't do any didn't help out no they the did. defense and and you know Lorenzo Insigne Alamas and Guisa who got the start on his first uh debut what a debut against Juve yeah had way too much space on top of the box Juve gave him so much space and Juve just wasn't able to capitalize on their transition game you know the turnovers they were they were just too slow they were lethargic and and that ultimately cost them Akulabali again the hero at the end with a goal he likes to score against Juve Moise Kane coming on and he was a big reason why that goal was scored he completely yeah. misheaded the ball heads it towards its own net allowing Akulabali to slot it in but where Juve goes from here, it's going to be interesting because now they got Champions League coming up. They got Milan They're after that. Malmo, so it's, I mean, yeah, but it's Champions League, and then they got Milan after that yeah, too. It's tough. It's tough. And Milan, for me, we'll get to arguably the best team in Serie A right now. Juve, on the other hand, not looking good. Allegri has a, a mountain to climb. It's no longer a hill, and now it's a mountain. Yeah, big time. Big Next time. match. Yeah, let's talk about it. Fiorentina, 2-1 to victors over Atalanta. Yeah, someone we've been, you know, keeping one eye on on Fiorentina. What did you think about their performance? 
fantastic performance from Fiorentina. I do some Vlahovic. What more do you have to say about this guy? Man of the match by far. Two goals. Uh, all three goals in this game were from the spot. Yeah. And uh, some, you know, they were all legit penalties. Yeah. The Mahele handball. Yes, it was a bit. It can be harsh because it comes at him so fast. Uh, and his hand, like it's it's not, you know, the guy on the far post isn't going to score it. But Mahele, it does hit his hand. But it, it, they were all legit penalties yeah, at the end of the they day. They were legit penalties. I think the one thing that surprised me the most about this game was how poor Atalanta was at finishing. Yes, and because they they. Ultimately, they dominated the play. Again, they did. Just like the previous game, they yeah. dominated play. They just, something's not clicking. Duvan's about to finally got a start. He does score on a penalty, but something's not clicking. The you fall. know, Miranchuk, happening. Miranchuk, Pasina was there. You know, this is a good offensive team, internationals. Davide Zabacosta got his start. Uh, but something is missing. There's just something not clicking. The fall. <clears throat> The fall. That, that, it could be the fall. You know, that big glaring weakness in the defense, Christian yeah. Romero's out. But we got to say to some injuries to Vanuti, dislocated his shoulder. I believe it was in the opening half. So, but uh, Ortizola got his start. Yeah. This, the young uh, Real Madrid youth player. He finally got his debut in Serie A too. But uh, yeah, this game pretty much went the way we thought it would, but Atalanta just. Missing that cutting edge from last year. Yeah, and then you got Fiorentina on the other hand. Don't need to make it. Don't need to. Don't need to create as many chances. But they were extremely strong at finishing. And at the end of the day, that's what matters. Dusan Vlahovic, this guy is on pace to be one of the best strikers in yeah, the so world. Yeah. So what's that stop? He has scored the most goals. He scored one of the. He scored more goals than Cristiano Ronaldo. And, uh, and Lukaku and, and Romelu yeah. Lukaku in 2021 in league play. I mean, that's what does that tell you? I mean, Fiorentina's success, I think they're a fantastic team all around, but Dusan Vlahovic brings them to that next level. He does. And I think he can do this with any team that he goes to. I mean, it's inevitable that he's going to leave Fiorentina one day and he's going to just elevate wherever he goes, but. I mean, for the moment, I mean, Fiorentina fans, you guys can definitely start thinking about European football next year. Uh, I mean, to me, I'll like I'll go right back to that first game. If that red card doesn't happen, I think it's a different game. So, and Fiorentina might have a couple more points uh, on the table here. But Fiorentina, they are for real. This was the first. This was their like real, real test um, with the full starting eleven out there. And they passed with flying colors for and, me. And what about the goalie? Not even the starting goalie. He's the backup goalie to Dragowski, Pietro yeah. Terracciano. Well, I think there's going to be problems there. He's now. stepping up, and he, he made some massive saves. He's a, he's one of the big reasons why, yeah. obviously, Atalanta didn't score a goal in open yeah, play. I, uh, you gotta go with, if you're Vincenzo Italiano, you got to go with the hot hand right now. And Torciano, he's the... Or I forget the... How do you, Terechiano. 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 He did keep Dragowski on the bench, too. Yeah, he's keeping Dragowski on the bench. I mean, Dragowski's going to re- really regret doing what he did in that first game because it's basically cost him his job right now. So, got to run with the hot hand. And Fiorentina doing a great job, I think. And like I said, I think they'll be in the top seven this year. Yeah, track the football they're playing. I'd say very similar in line with what Atalanta brings to the table right now. So, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see them develop throughout the season. Next match, mm-hmm. 
the Sam- defending champions Inter against Sampdoria yeah. at the Luigi Ferraris Stadium. 2-2 draw. Surprise here. 2-2 draw. Inter taking the lead both times. But at the end of the day, I think Sampdoria are going to feel hard done by. They they outplayed Inter in every department and probably deserved the win at the end of the day, Sampdoria. They looked lethal on uh, transition play, on, on build-up play. Inter scored out of, you know, they took the lead out of a, a Maybe the best free kick I've ever seen. Yeah, in my life. magic by DiMarco. Magic. DiMarco, no goal in the world. Adero almost got their top corner. But for anyone that has not seen that free kick, that free Go kick look it up. was just unbelievable. Yeah. The the pace of it and the placement, I don't think can ever be replicated. That was unreal. And then uh, the second goal for Inter. I mean, it was tied up one one, and then the second goal coming from uh, Latoro Martinez and Ojalo. Scores a magnificent volley after that. Um, very similar to kind of how Lautaro scored. But Inter relying on two brilliant finishes. Didn't create much. Missed a whole bunch of guilt edge chances. Kalinoglu missing on top of the 18, for instance. Uh, they had their chances. But Sampdoria, again, causing Inter trouble from last year. Completely outplaying them. What did you think? Yeah, they, they completely outplayed Inter. And uh, they, they deserve that point. Do they deserve more? Maybe. I just don't think they capitalize on their finishing very much. Um, but uh, Caputo looks like he fits in. Yeah, really get, well get, his yeah getting his uh, first start. De- with decent Sampdoria. game for him. Decent game. I think that's what Sampdoria needs up top. Um, they just need him to start firing. Though. That's the thing. I think in the midfield, they really did lose that battle, though. Uh, I think Silva and Thorsby were, they were overrun. Yeah, but but Allah Brozovic, Kalinoglu, yeah. their opposition. Yeah, it, yeah. Inter had definitely the control in the center of the park, but where Sampdoria did all the damage was on the right side. Antonio Candreva, yeah. he totally picked Perisic apart. He did. Uh, Perisic wasn't able to track him, dealing with Berejinski too, Federico yeah. Di Marco, not technically subbing in for Bastoni, not technically left center back, so he was kind of filling the void there. Had an Okay game defensively. Yeah. Um, what about the cameraman? But the coaching was fantastic by Adversa to attack the right side. The, Samir Handanovic, again, you know, on the, on the first the goal. Deflection, you can't really yeah, fault Jekyll him Yeah, deflects it. He can't do anything about that. The second goal to Ajello, it's a, it's a beautiful finish. It no is. goalie's going to say that. So both goalies. Shout out to D'Ambrosio, though, for a massive clearance off oh, the Oh, D'Ambrosio. Then that's, that's the difference. D'Ambrosio... Huge wins Inter that line. wins Inter one point essentially. So they'd be going home with zero. Uh, and Sampdoria he robs them of two points for the win. So Sampdoria, you got to give credit to. This is probably one of their best performances in, yeah, in years by far. Yeah, by far one and, of their best performances for Inter. I mean, it's not the end of the world. A draw is a draw. You guys yeah. didn't lose this game, so you still got a point. Yeah, out of it. playing playing bad and getting points. I mean, that's what champions do. But at yeah. the same time. Could be a bit of a wake up call. Now they got Real Madrid coming up, which we'll preview, and uh, yeah, they got to turn things around quick. Big you, time, big time. Let's move on to the next game. Udinese, another three points for this team. One nothing victors over La Spezia. Udinese, they're just marching along. Yeah, Udine. Uh Interesting game. I mean, chances were flying back and forth. Like this oh, was yeah. a really open game. Marco Silvestri, though, what a performance by him. He was fantastic. Even Zoe, it wasn't bad on the other side. No, Zoe was fantastic. Listen, Udine didn't create too, too much. No. They had fewer shots overall, but they were more more dangerous, their chances, I would say. Yeah. Spezia created a ton of chances. They did. 
not all lethal, right? They shot from everywhere. Sylvester obviously making some massive saves, but just something's like something's not clicking up top for them as well. No. Another team that's struggling because they play that very flowing football. They do interchange positions, and there's just too much hesitation from Verde. Sorry, Daniele Verde coming on. He had so many opportunities to shoot and score, and he just can't. He just didn't capitalize. Same with Giassi. You know, just yeah. something's missing there offensively. I think the defense for Udinese played a fantastic game. Uh, in the, I don't know if a three-five-two works for Udinese though. I think they they gave away the ball too much, too many chances, too many. They they Spezia had way too many chances. I think tactically Spezia were superior in this game to Udinese. I agree. Uh, I agree. Some fantastic performances there by Silvestri. Nointink was fantastic. Uh, Besayo and uh, Samir they were great back there. Just you know it. it it only took one. It only would have taken one more chance by Spezia, and I think it, it would have been a draw, or even yeah, Spezia would have taken the, control. But this of the is game. the way now Udinese played twice like this against Juve, now against Spezia, and they're getting results playing this way. No, I, I mean, know. it can't go on forever. No, it can't go on forever. It's going to stop at some point. But I mean, at the same time, too, I mean, Gerard de Lofeu, Paul, he's really trying to fill that void for Rodrigo de Paul. And uh, I think he's doing an okay job. I just, finishing wise, I mean, he's got a couple goals already this season, but just he should have done something more in this game. I feel Pusetto at the same time. I mean, just not just not his day. But yeah. at the same time, they they come away with three points here. I yeah, mean, that's what Udinese's been doing all season. It's not flashy, you know. No. Dropping deep and and smashing grab. That's the no. way they've been playing. But Spez, Spezia is an interesting outfit the way they approach this game. Yeah. Tiago Motta, what he's doing there, it's it's. Uh, it's gonna click at some point. If it clicks, they yeah. I don't think Spezia is gonna be that team in, down there that's gonna go down. I think once they get their find their rhythm, they're gonna be a they're they're already a tough team to crack. That's I mean, that's my worry. I don't think they find the rhythm. That's yeah. my worry. But but all for the Udinese fans enjoy this now because I don't think you, it can't last like this. It's all not season. gonna last. They're gonna like have this. to come out and play eventually. Um, so that being said, let's move on to Torino. Torino four nothing smashing Salernitana. I think I got Salernitana all wrong here. <laughs> I think uh, you did. They look, <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> they look terrible. Uh, they just look absolutely. Three headers from the right wing to the left side of the box. That's how every header uh, came in. Torino just a cl- uh, Torino a class above. Yeah. Salernitana, so. you can tell they. They don't belong there. The Not center backs time. don't know how to pick up their markers. No. Sanabria. They did not, they did nothing well at all this game. No. Nothing. You nothing. Know, their their top uh chance maker was uh Ditakio. Yeah. Which should not be happening. He's no, he's, he's a, your defensive mid. Yeah, and he's creating your most shots. Like Salanitana just Isn't a, that that's sad. Yeah. This guy doesn't know how to shoot. No, he t- he took one shot and almost went to the corner flag. <laughs> So that's why they're never gonna score. <laughs> but uh, it's a true uh, detaccio right there. It's a true detaccio. Yeah, they just look not good. Terrible, terrible. Bremer, yeah. uh, solid. He's a he's a beast. He's a monster back a there beast. for Torino Continuing and solid, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Lukic. I guess what's going on in Torino, all that drama behind closed doors, is yeah, eleven lit a fire under them. It has. Ivan Jodic breaking his eleven game winless streak. Actually, so this is his first one eleven matches. Pobegba, Pobega, sorry, comes on Tommaso. He scores a goal as well in his, uh, I believe, his second or debut match for Torino. So, great performance. I think this is a confidence booster. I know we got to consider who the opponent is. It is uh, Salernitana, but at the end of the day, 
four goals. This is back-to-back games Salerno, Salernitana have conceded yeah. uh, four goals. So, yikes. They're looking like the Crotone of this year. So, we'll see. Move on to the next game. You called this. Genoa, 3-2 win over Cagliari. In dramatic fashion. The man in the shades does it. Cagliari blow a 2-0 lead and concede three goals within a span of, I think it was 20 minutes. Something like that, 30 minutes. Uh, I don't even know what to say. The goals, the goals were beautiful. Mattia Destro, diving header. He yeah. he got the goal. Called him out last Mohammed, week too. Yeah, Mohamed Fai did. <laughs> and he, he not, now he's not going to score for the rest of the yeah, season. He's on vacation now. Now he's on vacation. Mohamed Ferris, though the star player, uh, comes in at half for Sturado and he completely changes it oh, he with too. the set pieces. He got you got, two you big headers. Those man. Yes, he's being a revelation on the left wing yeah. back position young another young italian for you know and we don't have one there palmeri beragi these are the guys right now running in spinazzola's absence so cambiasso hey there's a possibility a, a spot to be filled there if he keeps cambiasso up these performances. and joao pedro again yeah scoring a goal that's all this guy does for calidi score goals but what about though now we had a little bit of a conversation alessio cranio here not doing much in this game just think it's the guys in front of him. I think Alessio Cranio is a top-class goalkeeper. I just think the guys in front of him. He doesn't. When you, as a goalkeeper myself, when you don't have guys in front of you, there's only so much you can do. Um, and at the end of the day, who looks bad? You do as the goalkeeper. You're the. At the end of the day, you're the one conceding the goal, not anybody else. So, I think Alessio Cranio. I think there's a picture painted of him based on the guys in front of him. I think if. He's on a, another team. He is a, he's elite as a goalkeeper, but needs to improve. It's going to be a long season for him because I think this is where Kaliti is going to be all season. They're going to be struggling, struggling, struggling. Everything's going to have to be a grind for them. So my heart goes out to him. That's all I can really say. Yeah. Yeah. That defense on like Carboni, Cepatelli, and Valukiewicz, it's just it's shambles, absolute yeah. shambles. And then this guy, I don't know how he's playing top flight football still. Caceres coming on too, like. This guy should have retired like five years ago. And that's who's coming on to help you out, Cranio. I mean, I think it's time to go. I think it's time to go on to bigger, better things. I don't think you'll see Alessio Cranio at Cagliari after this season. That's what I got to say about that. On the other side, Genoa, big three points for them. Cambiasso, fantastic. Rovella, another. That was a guy I was going to say. That's a nice performance. He's, he's one of the up-and-coming talents uh, in Italy. And it, it's nice to see him step up and take control of the midfield yeah. the way he did. Um, fantastic. But Genoa, yeah, just squeaking by with the win. Squeaking by with the win. A much-needed win. Their first of the season. So let's move on to this big game here. AC Milan, 2 nothing victors over Lazio here. What a game. What, what a, a game. game by this team. Lazio brought take down me through to it. earth. Lazio brought down to earth. Sari, be, be, it was a revelation what he was doing so far at Lazio. I know only two games, but my goodness, did Milan show that they're on a completely different level. For me, the most impressive team right now in Serie A is uh, Milan. Even playing without a true out-and-out striker. Zlatan on the bench. Uh, Giroud out with uh, COVID. I mean, he tested negative, but he wasn't fully match fit. Alessio Romagnoli getting the start again. In the center back, uh, maybe to help rotation with Champions League coming up. Frank Kessie being brought back into the team. Sandro Tonali, again, being placed into the midfield hold in his own now three games in a row. 
and our favorite player, Alessandro Florenzi, even getting a start out in the right Not bad. Not bad. So this is, a, would say, kind of a... Obviously, they're all good enough to be starters, but a makeshift AC Milan. I wouldn't say this is their go-to yeah, starting lineup. Yeah, this is the prep for the Champions League. This is the... And, and this is Lazio's starting lineup. And they completely, in every department, ran him right off the field. Wasteful opportunities by Lazio. Yeah, tell me, tell me, what did you see in this game? Oh, wasteful, wasteful chances, way too aggressive on the ball. Milan, hands hands down, miles ahead of this team. Everybody was jumping on the Lazio bandwagon right away uh, after two games saying, Saudi ball, it works. Lazio's going to be a team in the top four. I don't think so. I think they they got shown. This is This was their first real test, and they blew it. People forget who Lazio played the first two games. It was a, Those were walkthroughs. Now you play a real team, and look what happens. I think AC Milan is the real deal this year. I really do. And uh, Rebic, man of the match performance two, by Rebic. Two assists, Holy yeah. Smokes, two beautiful man. assists. Yeah, and Leal, fantastic <clears throat> performance by him. Brahim Diaz, what more can you say about this guy? Uh, Frank Cassie. <laughs> Your favorite player. I, I, Wins a penalty off Chiro. Chiro was, kicks the back. No, of his that leg. was a penalty. Yeah. That was a penalty, but I'm glad he missed. Yeah, so walk us to the penalty. He's stepping up. Step up. He's been out of the starting lineup because of a contract dispute. He wants a lot of money. Yeah, Perry Saint Germain offering him obviously the most money. AC Milan, that's not something they can offer. Um, so he's back in the lineup, hits the post, comes back to him, heads it over the bar. This guy doesn't miss from 12 yards out, so it was great to see him miss. I'm not a Frank <laughs> Kessie guy. I can't stand people that just follow the money. Uh, this is a team that clearly wants you. This is a team that made you big. And this is a team that is on the rise. I think AC Milan is on the rise and they're here to stay. And you want to jump ship for a team like Paris Saint-Germain that plays in a garbage league where it's a one-team league where their D team, their fourth string of teams, can walk through any team in that Claire, league. Clermont Foot. Yeah, like it's a joke. <laughs> it's a joke. But, I mean, the one thing I want to shout out also on this Milan team is Mike Magnan again. It's a big saves. The transition from Donnarumma to Mike Magnan has seamless. been seamless so far. Seamless. Seamless. I think... See, I told everybody last year, keep... keep You know, don't... Don't jump on the AC Milan bandwagon yet. Just take it easy. I got crucified for it. Now is the time to jump on the AC Milan bandwagon. Now they're for real. So you believed in Pioli the whole time? That he was capable of doing this? I... This was a real test, mm-hmm. and I think I, st- I still think the I still think it's out there to to judge him. I mean, he had, this is three games in. It's a big big victory for him. Totally ran Lazio off the pitch here, and uh, but now he's going to be juggling Champions League football with Serie A. Do I I think AC Milan is going to be up there? I think they're a real team. What I do want to give a what I do think is this AC Milan team is very confident. And I think the reason why they're confident is because they have a player on the bench that inspires confidence for them. And that's Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I think he does more for them in the locker room this year than he does on the pitch. I mean, he came on, he scored a sitter. Good for him. Looking stronger than ever. He looks looks sharp. He looks pretty jacked. I have all the respect in the world for Zlatan Ibrahimovic. And I... And he did make a comment that uh, about Cristiano Ronaldo leaving for Manchester United. I don't know if you, any of you heard it, but he basically said, "If I if if I thought I was as great as Ronaldo, like Ronaldo went to a team that had been winning when the U, when he came to Juve, he went to a team that had been dominating Serie A. If he was if he was really as good as he thinks he is, he would have went to to Juve when they were in Serie B and brought them back. <laughs> He's like, that's what I would have done. So." <laughs> Hey, I respect the man for that. So, but, he, but he left Frenter, but I... Uh, 
That's okay. But it's okay. But it's okay. But this AC Milan team, getting back to this, they are the real deal, I think. Uh, I I told you, I think Lazio is not going to be in the top seven this year. And I stand by that statement. I think their midfield is fantastic. Uh, Cheeto, he's depressed right now because he cannot, he cannot score a sitter for Italy. So that carries into the club. Yeah. And I, he, think, I think it's all in his head now. He, it's all in his head. He disappointed me a little bit. I thought, uh, all he, and, he, and he was taken off as well. Uh, yeah, at the 84th minute, he was just didn't look sharp. He's gonna I go mean, silent he, now for like he, four, he, five he, weeks. And this is what we're saying that this four-three-three system. I know Sadi made him score. You know, helped him score four goals in two games. But who did he score against? Exactly. And now, now that he's coming up, you know, against his first real competition, he was a ghost. Yeah. He was a complete ghost because he didn't have the support around him. Milan kept pressing Chiro very hard. They had a guy on him all the time. And Chiro doesn't like to play back to net. So he's not, you know, the midfield isn't looking up good. It was yeah. just, it just did not work with Chiro up top. I'm surprised he waited so long to take Chiro off, to be honest. Um, and yeah, Lazio, I thought Pedro played good. Theo Hernandez, Pedro that was, that really was a nice, that was a nice battle. Um, but just too much speed and pace. Rafael Leal, Terrific on the dribbling, very wasteful up until his goal. His goal is marvelous. Again, dribbled from Definitely. inside his own half all the way to the end. Definitely. I think he won two with Rebic and then and slotted it in. Beautiful goal. I thought a little bit wasteful before that. So he played a, a, an okay game. Uh, but the one guy I want to bring it to who's impressed me the most because we gave him a lot of flack last year, Sandro Tonali, the way he stepped in. Yeah, he's done really well. His confidence, even from the U21, from what I've read, uh, the way it's translating into these games. This is what me and I thought they were signing up for last year. Yeah. And I'm glad they kept the faith Yeah, because he's proven to be a, the real deal. He made a five recoveries in the midfield. So he was outrunning Lucas Leva, Sergei Malikovic, Luis Alberto. And he made a, a key pass, uh, one key pass, which is a clear shot on, on goal. Well, that's what that is, a key pass. So he was the linchpin in this Milan victory. Yeah. And... I'll take it back to Lazio here for a second. Yeah. Because I like beating on this Lazio team. Uh, what's what's a big... Who was... Not only Cheeto played a terrible game, but this team basically runs on how well Luis Alberto plays. Poor performance by him. Lazio yeah, by, by his standards, yeah. I mean... It was a poor Luis Alberto performance. Felipe Anderson brought back down to earth. I mean, the only the only two guys that stood out for me in this Lazio team were Milinkovic Savic. It was an okay performance for him, and Leva. Leva was probably their best player on the field, and then Pedro too, right? Pedro played fantastic. Um, but that, that's the problem with this system yeah. and this team. Can this team translate from a three-five-two into this four-three-three system with as much fluid as he wants him in vertical passing? Because the problem is. As good of a defender, and I rate him highly, Luis Felipe as a defender, as good as he is, and Echerbi as good as he is. Are they ball-playing center backs? No. Exactly. I don't think they have the feet to no. to move the ball at the speed side he wants. So I think he's trying to make uh, lemonade out of uh, lemons here. Is that the saying? <laughs> <laughs> but he's trying to make the most of uh, what he has here. And we'll see how where they end off. I think they're going to just be outside the top four. Yeah. But uh, he's doing the best with what he has. And I just... It could be a long season against the top seven for Lazio this year after seeing this. I think so. So off to the the penultimate game. 
of this weekend. Roma Sassuolo. Roma Sassuolo. What a exciting finish to this game. I'll let yeah. Christian divulge in it. Yeah, so Roma, big 2-1 to one victory. I'll tell you right now, Roma did not deserve to win this game. This was a Mourinho, t- typical Mourinho kind of game grind. Sassuolo came on heavy. and You, you can tell in Mourinho's expressions, he knew after that Scamacca offside was called right at the end, yeah. the last touch of the ball. First of Swolo, I'm, the finish was unbelievable from Skamaka, but just offside, and Mourinho was just a sigh of relief. Yeah, the, I mean, there's a lot to say here for this Roma, this Roma team. So, so tell me, what did you like about Roma? What didn't you like? What didn't? Oh, I mean, there were parts I liked. I don't like Tammy Abraham up there. <laughs> I don't. He was he was bad this game. I don't. This is what we're gonna get the rest of the season. Hot and cold. Hot and cold, flash in the pan kind of guy, and he is a very selfish player. Very selfish player. I mean, we talked about it today. Eldor Shamarodov comes on, and what does he do? He sets up El Shadawi for the winning goal. That's what. And, and people might not. The crazy thing is, people might not think twice about it. But what Eldor. What he does is the ball, he's, his back is towards the net. It's coming in the air. Yeah. So he's not directly, you know, he's not fully facing his back towards the net. He's kind of on an angle. But he has the presence of mind to use his left foot just to lay it off to Al Sharawi. Now, a lot of strikers, maybe Tammy uh, Abraham, for instance, what he's going to do is he's going to take it down, try and roll the defender off his back, and take a shot. A lot of That's strikers what are going to do gonna that. Do. That is 100% what Tammy's Strikers inherently are going to be selfish and try and get the goals, right? That's what makes them. That's how they got to this level. But Eldor, he comes on and he brings that playmaker ability. And he set up El Shrabi for that He's kind of like a goal. false nine when he comes on. Because he'll look for the option first. But this guy is clearly capable of scoring a goal. He's a very selfless player. Mm-hmm. That's what this Roma team needs. And that's why I think Eldor has to start. But we gotta justify the forty million or forty-four million dollar price tag, whatever you want to call it, on Tammy Abraham. So, but enough about Tammy. Lorenzo Pellegrini, man of the match for me. Fantastic performance by him. Sets up Brian Cristante for the first goal. Is very cheeky. Be- yeah, beautiful. And even kick. though he didn't, even though he didn't score, he was still creating chances in the eighteen, and he was taking them. He'll dribble in and he'll take those chances. That's what Italy needs. We talked about that. That's yeah. a guy that needs to play for this national team. Um, what else can I tell you about uh, about Roma before we get over to Sassuolo? Rui Patricio, another solid performance by him. Made some yeah. big saves there. Rick, Rick Karsdorp too, making some Rick huge Karsdorp. last tackles. Yeah, really, last man tackles. He's yeah. really, he's really, uh, he's really gelled into this Roma team. And then you know another guy you want to talk about? Fastest? You were telling me fastest player. Yeah, so far this week in the recorded uh, fastest player in Serie A, Gianluca Mancini. Big time. Uh, so who would expect? I don't want to give this guy too much attention before we move to Sassuolo because I'm excited to talk about Sassuolo out mm-hmm. of this tie. Is another poor performance by Nicolo Zaniolo. I was just going to bring that up. Yeah, poor. Poor. He does not fit on that right wing. No, the, the only game he's been uh, kind of had a good presence was in their in your conference league I th- qualification. To be game. honest with you, I think Pellegrini plays better on the wing than Zaniolo. I think you might move. you need to move Zaniolo. What about, even, what about Eldor, though? He's fast. I know. He's a winger too. And Eldor, he is a winger. Right? He's more. I'd say he's more naturally a winger than he is 
a striker, yeah, although he's amazing honest. as a striker. To too. be honest with you, as sad as it sounds, I'd rather be I'd rather Mourinho be running with Carlos Perez right now, on the right yeah, side. He did he did decent uh, coming on. Yeah, but enough about Roma. Let's talk about Sassuolo on the other side. This attack this, is going to be so exciting to watch this season. My God. They watching this game, Sassuolo, oh. every time they got the ball, I got up out of my seat. Yeah. And they're fantastic. I, we've talked about this guy a million times. He didn't start the game. Uh, Raspadori got the start. Skamaka came on. My goodness, what a presence. Holy what cow. a difference this guy makes with his touch, his turns, his presence of mind to pick out a this pass. This is the guy Italy needs up top. Throwing it by his around like he's a kid. Hands down. He, he This is the guy Italy needs up top, Skamaka. He's, for me, he's amazing. Yeah. I think he's... He's got everything. He's got... Everything. A, Size. Yeah. The touch for a big man, too, is unbelievable. Yeah. That, that dink pass. So the goal, so Swallow's only goal of the game. Oh, it's filthy. Started with filthy. a Skamaka, takes it down, beautiful turn, looks to the right wing, just dink pass, beats three or four defenders, right to Barardi. Barardi does a beautiful turn Turk. himself. Oh, my God. Right back to the middle to Juric, who didn't miss, hit it, but yeah. ended up uh, just chipping it over Patricio. But what a goal. And then on the goal that was disallowed, Skamaka again with that touch. Yeah. Uh, just unreal. This top, unreal. And th- this is with a team that had. This is with a lineup that had Raspadori not have a great game. No, yeah, he he was. Uh, and they were invisible. still filthy up yeah. there, right? And when, if Raspadori's on, my God, and even Boga too. Yeah, and Jeremy Boga. Fantastic performance by Jeremy Boga there. Missing a breakaway. That's where Rui Patricio. That's Rui. Yeah, that's, that's Paulo Lopez that goes in. Yeah, that's Rui makes himself big and he saves it. Jeremy Boga did everything correct. Just it was a good save and Boga. Yeah, kept finding that gap between Karzor yeah. and Mancini. As good as they both played, he kept finding that gap and was a threat. And Sassuolo, I didn't think they were capable to take it into another gear. They sure can. And they have under Dionisia. If it's going to be like this for 38 games, we'll see. But I'm very excited to see. Now that Chicho Caputo has made room for these two young strikers, yeah. I can't say it enough. If you have the time to watch a Sassuolo game, just watch the technique from all these players, from Maxim Lopez, Fertrezi as well, Fertrezi in the midfield, Berardi, Juric, Raspadori, Skamaka, uh, Junior Traore too when he came on was a... The Sassuolo team is dangerous. He tested Rui Patricio a couple of times. Like you said, Roma, lucky to walk away. Lucky to walk away with this game. Lucky to walk away. I'll say that yeah. much. If they could just get their finishing sorted Sassuolo, I think... They would have won this game. They'll, they'll be a top seven presence as well. Yeah. So what's the moral of the story? Sassuolo, watch out for this team. For those of you that haven't... But in- they remind me of Roma, though, the way they play. They're very similar. Like Roma... I would, give credit. More, I, would, I would say more so to la- Roma of last year. They're more similar to that. Yeah, they... They're all but they got that exciting, no but that's that exciting edge Roma would bring last year and this year too. They have those moments of just yeah, brilliance going for like unstoppable attacking play, and that's what they're reminding me of yeah. right now. And for those of you that are watching Syria and you haven't subscribed to this yet platform yet, get Fubo TV because you need to watch Sassuolo play. You need to because I don't think TLN is going to show Sassuolo games unless they're playing a big team. You need to watch Sassuolo play. Sassuolo is so exciting to watch. This year, they, they, like Giuliano said, they will get you off your seat when they are attacking. 
It is filthy, especially if Mancini starts paying attention because Barardi's there, so we know the Italian team is watching that Sassuolo team. And you see a guy like Gianluca Scamacca, that guy, I'll tell you right now, that's the answer. That's to the question we've been saying about the up-top question, who's going to be that guy leading the line? There's the answer right there. He's got absolutely everything, and he's only 21 years old. All right, let's move on to the Champions League. Off to Europe. We'll yes. be quick. Yeah, we'll be, be quick, quick, but let's just talk about our Italian teams. Um, so tomorrow, Tuesday, September 14th, Atalanta playing Villarreal. How do you see this game? Atalanta Villarreal. I'm going to say I, I see Atalanta struggling here, to be honest. Big I, time. Yeah. Um, Big time. Told you. This Atlanta team is trash this year. Trash. They're in a tough group. I see a draw maybe happening, but they're in a very tough group. Uh, Villarreal have drawn their three league game matches a season. So it's not that they're playing great too, but they're, they're the Europa League uh, finalists from last year. They gave Manu a little bit of a run. Gerard Moreno's in the team, so they got some uh, big names. Raul Albio is going to be uh, playing against an Italian team again from his days in Napoli. So we'll see. Ultimately, this will be Atalanta's big test on Europe, whether they're up for up for the tournament this year. That's it. That's all. They Villarreal. can't fall behind in this group. No, but they will after this game because Villarreal are going to win this game. Next match. <laughs> Juve, Malmo. This Malmo. is a must win for Juve. Yeah, Juve. And to they're going to get gonna... some, any sort of momentum and get ready for their big game on the weekend. Yeah, so going to be without, I think he is, and Bernardeschi. Yep, they're both out for this both game. Both out injured. Uh, Cordelado's, I think, a doubt because he has a stomach flu. Uh, the South American contingent of Danilo, Alexandro, Dybala. They should be back. But uh, this should be a walkthrough for, for Allegri. Should if he be. doesn't win this game, Allegri might be on the chopping block. Yeah, hands already. down. Hands down. So let's move on to... So two massive games for the Milan teams here to start the Champions League. Let's start with Inter Real Madrid. Back at it. See? Back at it. <laughs> Back at it with Madrid. You know what? Carlo Ancelotti facing Inter again. Brings up old memories. You know what? Inter were pretty good heading into this match. Senzi out with an MCL strain. That's really the only play we're missing for the season. Um, I think we're going to have it in the bag this time. This Real Madrid team is a little bit weaker. They, they are, are weaker. You know, they're doing pretty good in the table still in La Liga, but I don't think they've played a team like Inter yet. So They'll uh, struggle. I think Real Madrid will struggle. Yeah, I think Inter had one mind on some, you know, one mind on sorry, on Real Madrid in that yeah. Sampdoria game. And I think they they didn't go full out against Sampdoria for that reason. They're, they're really focusing on Real yeah. Madrid and they want to make a statement and beat Real because yeah. this is like a knockout game already. Oh, yeah. This will be a good watch too. Simone and Zag against Carlo Ancelotti. I don't think they've be. played each other yet. It will be. Uh, I don't have the stats on that, but no, it will it'll, it'll uh, be interesting. When two big Italian coaches go at it, it's always a fun watch. So check out this game. I think that they're going to win this game. Yeah, Real Madrid have been... See, the one thing they traded with, getting rid of all the superstars, so they've traded their offensive player and they've gone back to being really solid defensively, Real Madrid. So that's kind of their... The key to their game right now is their defense, strangely enough, because we've been... Real Madrid, it's goals, 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 we think of, right? So we're going to see. I think Inter's going to have more of the attack and edge against Real Madrid this game. Because it is the opening game, though, I think we're going to see a draw, unfortunately, okay. for Inter. But that's what I'm calling. Now, 
bringing up an old rivalry from years and years ago. Yes. Liverpool AC Milan. How good is this game going to be? This is going to be this is going to be fun. It will this be. This is going to be really fun. I think the last time they did play each other was the Istanbul, final. Yeah. I think. Istanbul, yeah. Was it Istanbul was the second rematch? Yeah, cuz Athens was the first one and they lost. So it's going to be interesting. We know we know what Milan brings. I think a lot of people are pitting Milan a rung lower than Liverpool because everyone thinks the Premier League's better. I think a lot of people are underrating Milan heading into this game. Yeah. They think, oh, Olivier Giroud wasn't good enough to start for Chelsea. Look, he's starting at Milan. Premier League's better. Yeah, yeah. That's how people think, right? Uh, they don't look at systems and, and styles. For those Tomor- kind of Tomor- people. Tomori is a Chelsea reject. Open up your eyes, people. There's more to soccer than the freaking Premier League. So I think that's what a lot of people think about Milan. They see a bunch of rejects and youth it's players. Ridiculous. Liverpool, established team. A lot of champions from a couple of years ago. Oh, this is a team it's that, an, ju- that an, just snuck into the Champions yeah, it's League. Yeah, it's an aging squad. Yeah. You know, it hasn't been revamped too much. Van Dijk is finally back in after lengthy knee injury. Virgil. But it's essentially the same team. Um, so that's going to be interesting. I think... And Milan I, are flying high. I think Milan actually are going to surprise a lot of Premier League fans. And I think they're going to... Yeah. It's The only thing I would say, it's at Anfield. But I don't think it will be enough for Liverpool to win. I think Milan will sneak out a draw. If they're really good on the day, I think they're good enough to beat Liverpool. Absolutely. I agree with you on that. So that sums up Champions League for Italian teams. Now we're going to talk about Europa League before we get to the third tier. So, <laughs> yeah, I can't believe there's I can't believe there's three tiers of European football this year. It's just weird. Uh, anyways, let's start with Lazio. Lazio Galatasaray. That's a tough opening game for Lazio. It is a tough one. Yeah, I mean, like this Galatasaray team, they're not world beaters by any. You know, they played four games in the Turkish league: two wins, two draws, uh, eight goals, four or five against. Sitting currently in fifth, concede more than a goal a game. So, I mean, it's going to come down to Chiro. This Chiro, is he going to connect? Is he going to connect with Luis yeah. Alberto? Is he going to create the spaces there? That's what know. we got to see. Start players on this. Galatasaray team are far and few between. Muslera is still the man in the sticks. That's crazy. <laughs> Best player so far has probably been uh, Mortan. Mort. Mortan. <laughs> Olympian Mortan. I hope I'm saying his name right. 22-year-old uh, midfielder. So he's probably been their star player so far. A lot of unknowns about this team. I don't know much about Galatasaray. All I know is that they like to use the midfield a lot. A lot of through balls. like to get them behind the defense. But they're not a very focused team. Make a lot of indiv- individual mistakes can be cracked open. Yeah. Very weak defensively. And I think that's where Lazio will have the discipline. And, and I think they'll get through a Galatasaray. Do you think anything else about this game? Probably a draw. I don't think Lazio will draw this game. Now, I guess it's going to be Premier League versus City A because Napoli are playing Leicester now. It's two big games for City A coming up here. Napoli, team, big win over, over Juventus, but didn't convince me. Now they're going to play against a Leicester City. And uh, I know you can't really compare Leicester City to Juve, but Leicester City, their A game is probably the way Juve played on Saturday, in my opinion. So should Napoli grind out a win? I don't know. It's going to be a tough one. I, I, I can't really call a winner in this game. I just think it's going to be... 
It's going to be a back and forth game. I think Leicester is going to give Napoli a run for their money. And uh, I just, I'm not convinced by Napoli yet. So uh, I'm not sure. What do you, what do you think about this game? Yeah, Leicester, they're a strange team. No back-to-back wins yet. Two wins, two losses. Have been flirting with, uh, obviously, the top four for the uh, last few years. They're they're a very strange team. Well-disciplined under Brendan Rodgers. Have speed in uh, up top in Jamie Vardy, of course, and, and Harvey Barnes. So they, they have the speed. They have the guys like to get in behind. They have the good wing backs and defenders Ricardo Pereira one of the best I think most underrated left uh, left backs in the world they have the the battle in the midfield Nididi so all the pieces are there Yannick Vestergaard just signed too so solidifying the defense adding some height one of the best goalies in Kasper Schmeichel so all the pieces are there it's just sometimes it doesn't always come together uh, for Leicester um, again another team terrible at avoiding mistakes get caught out on counter attacks uh Something that Napoli is going to do. They have they have the speed to get through Leicester. So Le- Leicester, we know what they bring. It's a Premier League team. All Premier League teams essentially like to play a short pass game, condense the field. And if Napoli can get through that high line of defense, which I think they will, use Herving Lozano, maybe not so much Insigne from the halfway line, I think they can do some damage here. But if Napoli go look to play a high line against Leicester, I think they'll get caught out by the speed of Vardy and, and possibly Harvey Barnes. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the Conference League, the third tier. There's only one team to talk about here. Uh, Roma will be playing CSKA Sofia. Realistically for Roma, real quickly, should be a walkthrough. But interesting stat here. Sofia and Roma were in the same group last year in the Europa League. And Sofia beat Roma 3-1 to and tied 0-0. So Roma has not beaten CSKA Sofia. Wow. In head-to-head. So that's an interesting stat. So this game might be... No. It's at the Stadio Olimpico. <laughs> see we, you, we see you later, CSK, Sofia. Roma. Well, well, what we're going to see is how serious Marino takes it. I think he takes it seriously. Oh, I think they take it very seriously. I think he's looking to win a trophy in his first year. Does Eldor start? He should. He should because that means they'll, mean they'll rest Abraham for the weekend. Yeah, I'm just going to say real quickly, Roma should have way too much class for CSK, Sofia. I agree. I think Roma, yeah, they could play a B team. I think they should win this game. They should. They should. It's they all. Should. It's going to come down to how serious do they take it Yeah. at the end of the day. So So that basically wraps up the Europe, Europe Champions League, Europa League, Europa Conference League preview for Italian teams for midweek. Now let's move on quickly to preview match day four for you, everybody. Starts on Friday. Sassuolo, Torino. What do we like here? Sassuolo Torino. I like Sassuolo over Torino. I think Torino, yes, they're going to feel high after Salernitana. Maybe too high. The confidence gets a little too too up there. And I think Sassuolo is going to just completely dismantle. Sassuolo obviously yes. don't have to play no European football, so have an entire week to rest. I think Sassuolo takes this and continues their their run. Check it out on Football TV, everybody. <laughs> Sassuolo Torino. Sassuolo to win this game. Let's move on to Saturday. Genoa, Fiorentina. What do we like here? Genoa, what do you like? Well, you I'll tell, tell you right you now. Like. Hands down. Fiorentina is going to win this game. Fiorentina for me are for real. Top seven team going up against a Genoa team that narrowly got by Cagliari. Mind you, it was a fantastic comeback. But at the same time, it's against Cagliari. Fiorentina and Cagliari, two different levels for me. Hands down, Fiorentina for me. 
Yeah, I don't think Fiorentina. I don't see, obviously. I don't think they're going to sit back. I think they hammer Genoa here. I think they sit Genoa back. Right. Genoa's not going to get the space they got against Cagliari to come back. I think easy, easy win for Fiorentina. Vlahovic is showing to be a real threat, and I think he gets a couple goals here. All right, both time we take Fiorentina, so we're we're perfect for each other right now. So Swallow yes. Fiorentina next. Inter hosting Bologna. Bologna, who are currently playing against Hellas Verona. I think. Uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a quick turnaround. They're going right uh, <laughs> playing on the... Wednesday. They yeah, Wednesday, Wednesday and, to then, Saturday. and then to the Saturday. So not much rest. Bologna also playing today. So, I mean, Inter should have the depth. They should they should walk through Bologna. Bologna obviously do have that attacking threat. Hopefully Bastoni's healthy by then and the Ryan Screener can remain healthy and solidify that defense. But I think Inter should have the quality to... To dismantle Bologna. Now here's a stat for you. Inter have won their last 17 home matches in Serie A. Let's make it 18. That's right. Inter to win. Next up, Salernitana hosting Atalanta. Ooh, yikes, I think. Yikes, indeed. I Good. think this is where Atalanta gets their big 5-0 victory <laughs> that they need. <laughs> yeah. If Salernitana pulls something out of here... Then we know Atal- Atalanta's done. Yep. So Atalanta <laughs> should win this. What game. do you think the score is going to be here? 2 nothing. I I think it's gonna be a smash. I think five six nine. I don't know. We'll see. Now that Frank's gonna Frank Ribery is gonna have Frank, more than a yeah, few who, days who made to his, settle in. Yeah, who made his debut too? Came off the bench. Did nothing, but well, he's just settled into this team, yeah. right? So let's see. Atalanta should win this game. Now let's move on to Sunday. Empoli hosting Sampdoria. Will Sampdoria be able to continue what they did against Inter? Tough question. This is Sampdoria's. This is always their problem. Yeah. Play good, cannot repeat it the next oh, it's week. It's like our friend Nick says. They perform against the big teams, yeah. and then when it comes to the games they shouldn't win, they fall apart. They, they play to the level of, the ro- of their opposition. I mean, does Caputo, is he going to make that much of a difference where he can come in and, and beat the teams that Sapdoria traditionally would drop points against here, like, like an Empoli? It's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be a battle between the sticks. For those of you, I know it seems kind of like a a snoozer of a game, but this is a great goalkeeper battle that, that'll be going on. Guglielmo Vicario against Emilio Dero, yeah, two fantastic bit, goalkeepers, yeah. both stepping up for their teams. The big questions will be, can Patrick Crutron and Barry one and can Chicho Caputo bury one? So there's some interesting narratives in this game. To me, I think Sampdoria carries the momentum and Sampdoria is going to steal a game. Yeah. And beat Empoli in this game. This is yeah, this is a coin toss game. I'm it just really gonna is. I'm gonna call a draw. This is gonna come down to that moment. Yeah. You know, that moment of this will probably just be one of those games, a lot of tactical fouls, not much will happen, and then you'll have that scramble in the box That's right. and the scores. So So Juliano's telling you yeah, to take draw, I'm telling you to take win. Very hard game to predict. Now Venezia playing at home. Against Spezia. Against so we'll Spezia. be able to see the home stadium. Uh Spezia, if they can do what they've been what they've been doing all season, this attacking, this beautiful attacking football, Venezia comfortably. Yeah, they should. I, Venezia showed Gianluca Busio, the American. They could show. They Dennis show they, could pull a they, got, out of a hat. they have speed to go right through a team. They really do, Venezia. Mm-hmm. It's it's very old school, if you want to call it that. It's very yeah. direct. Um, so they can hurt you on the on the counterattack. Spezia, I think though. You're going to see a few goals here by them. If they continue what they did in their previous match, I think they hit two, three goals here past Venezia. Yeah, I think Spezia are going to win this game hands down. So we're both trying to take Spezia. On to the next game, Lazio hosting Cagliari. Lazio Cagliari. 
This is going to be a rebound game for Lazio. Should be. Should be. I but think. then again, they're playing Thursday, then they got to play Sunday. Yeah, it's it's a it's a tight turnaround, but I think Lazio. They should have. We'll to we'll see. That this was our big debate last year. Does Lazio have the depth to to do both competitions? No. Under this system, do they have the depth? No. So we'll see. I'm gonna I'm gonna say a Lazio win, but I'm I'm kind of leaning more towards a draw. But Put me down for a draw. I think yeah. Lazio is gonna draw this game. They're not for real. Next game. Ellis Verona, Eusebio Di Francesco. <laughs> Coming back. He's not hosting. in Rome, but hosting. He's hosting Roma. Jose Mourinho in Roma. What do we think? Eusebio going to get one over his team? No. No, no. Not a chance. No. This Roma team should comfortably win. And that's Tell me why. Time. Why should they comfortably win? Quality. Class. Quality. They just they, they got better. Defensively, they're better. Goalkeeper-wise, they're better. Midfield-wise, they're better. Attacking-wise, even with Tammy Abraham, they're better. So I don't think Carlos Verona are going to score too many goals this year. No, and I'm very worried for them in the goal-scoring department. I told you, they're going down, man. I th- Yeah, they're, they're they, they look like they're probably they're going headed down. to City B at the rate they're going. Yeah. Mouth-watering game now. This is the big one. Juve, AC Milan. Take me through this game, Giuliano. AC Milano, Juve, this is going to be where I said for Inter last year in their big game against Juve. I said if Inter are for real, they have to make a statement win and beat the defending champions. And they did it. And, and Inter's season completely turned around after that. They went on a, on a tear. The belief was there. We got one up on, our, on the old lady, our big rivals, and they just ran away the rest of the season and, and won the Scudetto comfortably. Now, I think Milan, I know Juve aren't the defending champions. I know, so Inter will be the bigger game, depending on where Inter is when they meet. But this, Juve has been the Achilles heel of Milan for a while now. It's always been Milan, look hot, 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 and then they hit Juve and they stumble. They struggle against them. So this is, again, if Milan can overcome this old adversary in Juventus and beat them, I think it will be a straight trajectory to maybe to the Scudetto, maybe top two, but they're going to be up there guaranteed fighting for it if they, if they, if they beat Juve. And now, and it's just because of the psychological aspect. I think beating Juventus because they are the standard, the goal standard for, for, you know, Calcio in Italy, beating them will set them up psycho- psychologically for the rest of the season. And you know guys like Zlatan are going to feed off of that. That's where his experience is going to come in. And Simon Kier, they know how big this game. And I think, I just think Milan on the field have, are the more dangerous team. Like Morata, for as good as he is, can be wasteful. The midfield of Juve is still a disaster. I don't like Allegri's tactics. He's trying to now switch up systems between he doesn't know what he's doing. And when Allegri switches up systems, it's because he doesn't. he's not sure of what he's doing. He went to the 4-3-3 in the last game. didn't work. He's tried three at the back. He's tried uh, f- uh, 4-4-2. He's trying a whole bunch of different formations because he's lost. This team, uh, it's completely new from where he left it three years ago. And I think he's kind of shocked at how poor they are. I think he's shocked at the condition Dybala's in, the way he, the way he left them. Um and it's going to be a steep learning curve this season for Allegri. And I think Milan are going to have the edge over 
over Juve for that reason. I think Allegri is a little bit in over his head. And the sit back and expect your star player and now Dybala to create something out of nothing, It's that's long dead. You have to play as a team. And Juve clearly are not playing as a team from the goalkeeper who makes way too many mistakes to the defense, the constant rotation. For me, you have to stick with two guys in the back. You don't rotate them. So it's either you stick with Kalini Bonucci or you play Delict. You got to believe in a yeah. pair and stick with them. Uh, and then you got the hole in Cordado. If he's out, the Shilio's your backup. Like the Shilio. Where's the Shilio been the past three years? And this guy's the wearing the, this guy's wearing the black and white jersey again. That that to me boggles my mind. So the depth isn't there. The midfield we've known for years is a complete mystery. How they're so bad? Because the the names are pretty big. They just don't gel. So that I think Milan has a huge edge there. Uh, every player in that Milan team in the midfield, you can put any of them on, and you know they're going to have a, a great performance. That's how good that midfield is. And then up top, which we already mentioned, yeah, they're they're very. It's too predictable. Everyone wants the ball, and and they want to run at the defense. That's all Chiesa does. That's all Morata does. That's all Kulazeski does. That's all Dybala does. They all want the ball at their feet, and they want to be running towards the net. And it's just not going to work. They got to learn to combine with the midfield. I just think Juve, yeah, three games, mess. Malmo, they'll get a bit of confidence, but I think Milan, if they can psychologically show up to this game and not get beat before the whistle's blown, I think Milan will get this huge victory over Juve, and it's going to set them up for a, a good season. Do you think what happens Wednesday has any effect on Milan? Because Milan are playing Liverpool on Wednesday, right? So I, I do. That's why I'm kind of holding back on... That's a tough two yeah, games. Yeah, that's why, that, that's, why that's a right? good question. That's why I'm holding back on Milan winning this game because even though I think they will edge it out, it, it does really depend on what happens in Liverpool. One, if they walk away healthy. And two, it's that history thing again. You know Liverpool and Milan are pretty big rivals in Champions League. And there's something historic there. Even though it's different players, they know. The players that are in that game know the history. It's like there. a derby. It is like a derby. And if you get and if you go to Anfield and you get absolutely obliterated off the field, the heads are going to go down. And that all works in Juve's favor. Because you know Juve <clears throat> should win. Like 99% should win. So they're going to be feeling happy after getting the first one of the season. Oh, yeah. But Milan, yeah. What can change it is what happens in the midweek fixture and Champions League. If they, like I said, if they get obliterated, heads will go down. And I think it could work in the complete opposite. Then Juve could win, and then Milan could take a little bit of a slump before they come back up. Anything you see? I got another question for you. Yeah. Because you're the expert here <laughs> on, this, on this game. Very passionate. Um, about Max Allegri. If he wins this, if he wins this game against Malmo, and then he comes, he gets nothing at, with Milan. Does he still? Is he still on the chopping block or no? I think he'll still be on the chopping block. Yes. Because they'll what? They'll have one point of after four games. After four games. Yeah. I think you have to, because you brought Allegri into, even though he didn't get to bring in the players he wanted, so you can say, oh, you know, it's not his team, yada yada yada. He wanted Miralem Pjanic for crying out loud. Exactly. What much the, of a difference the, player, that guy the make? players he wanted weren't exactly. Yeah. It's not like they're they're guys, you know, they're not the best players he wanted. He just wanted has beens. So I don't know. Allegri said it once, we'll say it again. Three years he's been out of the game. It's a long time to be It's out of showing. Yeah. 
it's showing. It's still early. I have to say it all the time because it's true. It's still early. You can still turn it around. But I don't think this is the Allegri, and you've brought it up, of Allegri doesn't build projects. He's a finisher to projects. Finished and won the Scudetto in 2011 with Milan, and he finished the work of Antonio Conte with Juve and perfected them. Here, whose work is he perfecting? Nothing. He's been... He's supposed to be rebuilding. It's a mess. Yeah. It's a Disaster. mess. It's a mess. Three managers in three years. Transfer scheme that's been all over the place. Yeah. Sporting directors leaving. Yeah. Complete disaster. So, yeah, it could be a make or break weekend for either team, really. That's how important this game is. So, hopefully it doesn't play out to KG draw. No, hopefully not. I think a draw is a safe bet, though, to be honest with you. <laughs> but... uh Definitely catch that game this weekend. That is the game of the weekend yes. to catch. It's going to be exciting. And then we got one more game on the Monday. Yes. Udinese Napoli. What do you think? I think Udinese's time has come. <laughs> to lose? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think so. I think uh, it, it all depends. I mean, Udinese's been going to be training all week, whereas Napoli's got that big game in Leicester on Thursday. Or, sorry, they're play- yeah, Napoli's playing that game in yeah, Leicester. Leicester. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> on Thursday. I got them mixed up with Lazio. I Sorry. Too. It's okay. Um so we'll see what happens there. I mean th- this Napoli team should have too much class for this Udinese team, but this Udinese team, hey, they stole something on the Juve, right? So can they do the same thing against Napoli? Possibly. I mean Napoli arguably I would say is on the same level, just a slight touch better than Juventus right now. I'm just not convinced by this Napoli team. I don't know why. But for me, I think Napoli's going to win this game. What do you think? Yeah, it's going to be interesting because Napoli are the last game of the weekend. So they're going to get to see Rome and Milan play first. So I think that's going to dictate big time on how they approach this game. Um, I think that's huge. Udine too, because they're sitting fifth place. Believe it or not, fifth place, seven points, tied with uh, tied with Inter. They win and... Inter, Napoli, Milan, Roma, they drop points. They can be first, believe it or not. It's highly unlikely, but there's a chance. It's a very tough week for Udinese because it is, it is. They have mid we have midweek Serie A next week. Yes. And they play Udinese plays Napoli and then they go to the Stadio Olimpico to play Roma. That's yes. a tough so, that's a tough week for them. So Yeah, as good as their season started, they could fall apart. Fall this apart. is where they fall apart. But Sorry, gonna, I think fans. I think I'm gonna give them the edge in that uh they're at home, I think they'll have enough to see how to draw. Wow. Okay. So Julian's trying to take draw. I'm trying to take Napoli win. That sums up match day four for you. That sums up today's podcast. Ooh. We thank you so much for listening to us. Yes. And for those of you listen, Fubo TV. They, <laughs> no, it's true. They got the they got the most amazing pregame where they take you into the stadium and you just listen to the fans. They show the warm up. They got a great halftime show. Fubo TV, it's like 100 bucks for the year. It's fantastic. <laughs> you get BN Sports on all four channels. You get Canadian Premier League soccer. That's a big one. They got to deal with one soccer with Canada. Right. You get to watch the Canada You'd qualifiers. think Fubo's paying us, but they're not. <laughs> no, they're not. I'm just, I'm very impressed with their this platform. This is a happy customer. <laughs> yeah, very, very impressed with their platform. Very, very well done. I was a little skeptical, but very well done. Um, so we'll be back early next week. I think we'll be back really early because we got midweek city. Ah. To, to, to preview for you guys Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday for uh, for City. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. There's a lot of football coming now. And uh, just looking at the games real quick next week, there's nothing that screams out. But there is, yeah, there's two big games, Atalanta Sassuolo and Fiorentina Inter, so, which we'll have to preview for you next podcast. But thank you so much for listening. 
Follow us on Instagram. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Tifosi. Send us an email with some questions. TifosiFootballRadio at gmail.com. Like us on YouTube. Subscribe to us on YouTube. We're on all platforms and we appreciate all the support we've been getting so far. And uh, until next time, ciao ragazzi. Ciao ragazzi.